What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Tuesday edition to recap another loss within the Missouri Valley Conference and one that we know we needed pretty, pretty bad. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, even a couple days after the fact here now, we we realize that there's still hope. We knew there wasn't going to be zero hope. We knew we needed one of these previous games, though, and, and we failed to do that. Now we are even more behind the eight ball, and we'll talk more around the end of this and obviously leading up to the end of the season what these hopes really be, uh, really are. There are a lot of people that have posted about what they think uh, could be our future, but we'll dive into that at the end. But no, another, another loss within the conference, and it seems like we cannot beat a good team. Yeah, it's definitely been – one of our Achilles heels is under Nick Hill is it seems like we take care of these other teams just fine and end up when it comes down to it, you can't, can't beat the teams you need to beat and then press the either was the playoff committee or one of our main goals is to win the conference. And you can't do that without beating these teams. No, it now makes us three and four in conference. And yes, all four of our losses are against really good teams. And that doesn't signify anything moving forward. If we're lucky to get in, we know it's a different ballgame in the playoffs. We hope we can beat other good teams that would be even with us, especially in that first round. But it hasn't shown to be that in the regular season. We'll dive into this game here shortly. But no, I think it's appropriate to definitely talk about the leading headline of the last couple of days, we kind of had a feeling about this. We know we've seen a lot of our commits posting offers, posting stuff from other teams, even with them still committed to us. But no, there's a, a recent one that we know we know this kind of offer. We know this team that was in on them really well. These late offers, you really can't do anything about sometimes, especially who they are, what they are. But no, we had a flipped commit here in the last couple of days. Dive into who that was and where he's going and your overall thoughts on him doing it. Yeah, that's obviously one of our – well, he played quarterback, but thought he was going to be an athlete and see what he played here. But uh, Blaine Sissions, the Mount Carmel native, uh, headed to the University of Illinois, and he said in his post that it was a – one of the toughest decisions he's ever made and that if he felt like if he didn't do it, um, he wouldn't be chasing, chasing his dream. So, I mean, that's a big 10 school. Can't really compete against a team like that. So I can't blame the kid, but it definitely does suck because was really looking forward to that kid coming here and playing in the maroon. Yeah. And the fact that, as you said it, they're athlete, more of a quarterback. We've talked about him over the last couple of weeks here and month about what he could be when he gets to college. And, um, you know, we know we have E.T. Harris and uh, Jake Curry coming in here that are like legit quarterbacks, you know, doing that themselves. We were excited for Blaine because he can do other things. And we know we like to switch guys around to different positions and all this stuff. And it works out for a lot of guys here, but uh, you know, he got this he got this offer from Illinois about five days ago and had kind of had a feeling at that point, Noah, just because it is the home state team. It's the team in the state of Illinois, although we said in the tweet when we talked about him uh, that it's the only Illinois team of, you know, whatever caliber that we have not beat yet. And we'll get our chance here in a couple of years. So we'll get to see, you know. Clearly, at that point, we know Illinois has had a down year this year. They were tremendous last year, but, you know, they'll be looking to jump-started again with him, you know, being there next year and try to be better than they than they have been, although 
we know the Big Ten's expanding, and it's just difficult. We know he's probably not going to play in the Big Ten right away. So you know, it's a way. It's a it's a matter of if he would come here playing four games as a freshman, be legit, be a problem, or be a a problem for other teams and good for us, or he's sitting, you know, in his Illinois career and maybe even leaves at some point. But again, we put ourselves in those shoes all the time, thinking about if we were these kids. You definitely always want to strive for the bigger school if you can. Always want to chase your dreams and never settle at all. So we really can't blame him. He was very thankful and appreciative in his post talk about the coaches and obviously SIU fans. So we, of course, and Noah, you know, you're more of a Illini football fan than me. So just knowing that he's going there, but of course he spurns the team we care about most, but it is what it is at the end of the day. So we, we, we wish Blaine luck and his, and his future there. And we'll see where he ends up by the end of his college career, but we'll definitely have missed him in this class. Uh, Noah, there was uh, some more offers we've had recently. We talked about a portal offer, but Noah, there's a couple other high school offers here that we've that have been brought to our attention over the last, I guess, just a couple hours. We noticed these earlier today. What are those? There's one that we like a lot that came out today. Yeah, there's been some new offers and uh, just exciting. Obviously, best luck to Blaine. We talked about Terrence Caldwell, the Cornell offensive lineman. Um, that we saw last week in the portal. And uh, obviously, like you said, we're going to be looking out of this class. Um, and we obviously know there's going to be some visitors and um, there will be some new offers. Gavin Navziger, a, a 6'5", 290-pound guard um, up from normal normal high um Surprised he's not a Redbird yet, being in their backyard and seeing like that. He did make a trip to South Dakota, made a visit there, but um, also made a trip to uh, Illinois for a visit. But we're getting him on campus. Hopefully, Coach Clark and them can definitely see if we can get him in some maroon because that's a big piece. And to add to this offensive line group we already have, um, then they're another running back. He'll be here this weekend. Peace Boomba, um, a running back DB from uh, St. Thomas More High School up there in Champaign, another big time. Um, our commit Parker Getter will be in. So um, some more offers, some late offers. I'm sure there might be a couple more here, but we do know uh, signing day in December will come up and we'll surely hopefully sign some a lot of these guys. Yeah, some more some more high schoolers and obviously the portal at that point, that early period. Uh yeah, Gavin is just a monster. Just he looks he looks the part in his profile. I mean, Illinois is in on him. You're right. That them just being in the middle of the state, that Illinois State doesn't doesn't hop on him. We know obviously conference rival, we've been prone to stealing each other's players, you know, in both sports for the most part. And it's just a uh it's it's definitely good. Hopefully he can come here and obviously we'll talk about that at the end of the week, how big that game is. Hopefully we can put on a good show for him, but a lot of interesting names that we know, yeah, still involved in the 2024 class. And we'll talk about our commits at the end of the week as usual, but this is just notable stuff that came out just in the last little bit. Noah, let's talk about this loss that was against the Bison in a, we said in a must win game and that's what it appeared to be. As we know, I mean, uh, it was either this one or South Dakota, and South Dakota was at home. We thought we liked our chances a little bit more. We know how that one went, but this one, as we talked about before, we were 0-6 all time there. 
There was a stat even that we learned at the start of the game. They wore their gold uniforms. They are apparently like 38 and 0, it said, and those gold uniforms. So it wasn't really on our side, but no, I mean, just the jump start of this game, they there was a stat also because they they won the toss and they elected to receive right away. And they've been doing that apparently recently. And it's you know, usually they scored right away. And the only game so far that they haven't won after scoring right away and doing this was against South Dakota State. Uh, but they did exactly that in this game. They took it and they went down and scored. But uh, no, there was clearly signs in this in this first drive when our defense was okay. Let's let's let our defense show up, make a statement, and then we'll let our offense just try to do something. But no, they were relentless on this first drive. Was North Dakota State? We actually had them third and nine, and we know that's the bugaboo of this defense. Uh, lo and behold, Cam Miller finds finds a guy for a 29-yard completion to get them first down at R45. And then, you know, there was an eligible receivers that helped, held them back and some other things. But then there was a giant run by Cam Miller, 34 yards. He luckily stepped out of bounds, but it didn't matter. They just had a couple more plays, let alone. And lo and behold, they were in the end zone, wasting about four and a half minutes on the clock and doing so. So again, it's we knew right away though, no, once the defense would allow this, that we had to go match. You know, we were just getting off work and we were around each other and saying, we need to match or this game's over. We said if North Dakota State, a running team, gets a lead against a team like us, they're just not going to relinquish it and it's ball game after that. But no, we were lucky to match them on the first drive. Talk about what happened on that, and then we'll dive into clearly really just a notable first half. It'll be a second half of just talking about what we didn't do. But no, it was, it was a decent half for us, and it started with that touchdown to match. Yeah, definitely a, a solid drive for them. Was hoping for us to win the toss and be able to get that ball first and see if we could strike strike on offense and take the lead against a team like this and make them play um, from territory they're not usually in. So um, that was unfortunate, and our defense have been playing so well that just could not stop some runs and some key pass plays on that drive, but – um, really, first first drive was really great scripted play calling from Nick Hill. Um, I thought one of the best we've seen since like that SEMO game or something like that, or the NIU game. But really, I mean, it was it was Nick. He he scrambled for two up the middle. Got to see Justin Strong a little bit, but it was finding passes to Vincent Davis um, a couple times. Isaiah over the middle, um, finding Rowe a little bit here and there, getting him going. Justin had a big run for 17, um, probably our longest run of the day. Then Rowe finished it off with a four-yard touchdown. Just a really drive you had to answer, and we did big time. Got to see it, to get on the board, tie it. Um, then I thought we had momentum. Stephen Green forced a fumble on the kickoff, unable to, to get on top of it to put us in great field position around their 17-yard line where we could see if we could take the lead. But – um, it wasn't the only fumble we couldn't get on, but it was a great play by Steven there hustling down on special teams, ripped the ball out to see if we get any momentum, but it was not the case. Steven Green's been playing really well for us lately. He showed signs against Western and just showing really valuable special teams snaps for us, but you're right. And even on, cause this is the kind of start we actually needed aside from allowing them to score right away, but they had been doing it. They just had the recipe for it. And we talked about what spies could be in this game. And we realized, you know, just cause I feel like we haven't seen him in a little bit, not sure what he's going through. No, we know Zach Barola did not dress in this game, did not play. 
Uh, not sure, you know, as far as we know, we haven't looked too far into it to know if he's still here. Uh, but again, we haven't really heard his name in the last couple of weeks uh, through some of these losses or even blowout wins to like see him on the stat sheet. I, not that I can recall off the top of my head. So that's worth monitoring. He did not dress. We don't know if he's hurt. Nick Hill has not addressed anything. I feel like you would, you would address one of the most important players on the team. So that's just something to keep an eye out for. So we didn't have him. No spies led to that huge run. But then we, you know, at the first at the start of it, we had some crappy runs. You mentioned some runs from Nick and Justin. So here we are, third and six. We said you can we're at our own 39. You're you're clearly not anywhere near fully, you know, uh, uh midfield to even bother going for it if you didn't get this conversion. We barely got it for that Vincent Davis six yards right along the sticks. And then we kind of settled down after that. It was one of those. Things as soon as you got that first first down, things can just settle down after that. And Vincent did have a eleven. We saw Isaiah get thirteen, and then yeah, Justin had that massive seventeen yard run to get us first and goal, which then led to the next play to to Romir scoring. So thankfully, we got that third down conversion to go match. And you said it there, we had a chance to get it there at the end, but then they just stormed down seventy six yards, five and a half minutes, and you know never faced a third down. They were the only third down they faced was. A uh, well, actually, they faced fourth, third and goal, and fourth and goal on this drive, and we were able to, you know, hold them because of how just easy they were slicing our defense once again. But the fact that again we held them strong, or with that great run defense, they kind of settled themselves. It was kind of like you're just going to do these regular runs, okay? We'll just keep stopping, and that's what happened. Then they settled for a 25 yard field goal, which was great. And then we realized we got the ball, we got the ball next, and. Uh, there was a just we didn't get anything. You punted and you had and you had fourth and one here. Uh, couldn't even get a one yard run on third and two, so we punted it. Twenty had a forty eight yarder. They got it back, and then we were able to have let have them punt thanks to just an unsportsmanlike, uh, you know. Or apparently that was against us. Excuse me. So they were then in our zone, and then they had a couple incomplete passes, and then they had a short punt. We got the ball back. No, this is a drive here that clearly mattered in this game. We're actually doing just fine storming downfield. We had a third and 12 uh, that Justin had nine yards on. So we're fourth and short. And no, we went for it. And it actually worked. Nick had a run. He was everything. Everybody was out right or wide right. And he just took it easily for the first down. Lo and behold, though, false start on Justin Strong when he went out, uh, you know, along the side. And that broke that up. So five yard penalty. We have to storm on the field then, and fourth and fourth and eight, and no, just a blasphemy decision, I think. And it's like, okay, you don't trust your punter, you're going to bring your kicker out here, Jake Bumgart, according to this, forty nine yards, Noah, to even dome or not, almost fifty yard field goal for a guy that hasn't been getting many reps. It could be anybody. Forty nine is huge. Noah, we missed it, and that's clearly led to them getting it, and we held them strong on another field goal after that. And then Noah, round us out here towards the half of, like I said, the most things we'll talk about besides the first play of the second half. But, again, that was kind of a blasphemy drive. It all led to a false start that kind of screwed us on that, and that kind of swung the game before we knew it. Yeah, just definitely, I mean, obviously with the false start from Justin really just made the decision, and uh, I thought they could still go for it, but uh... – they decided to kick a field goal. I thought probably the safe thing there, if you weren't going to go for it, was let your 
punter who is normal with 30-yard punts. He could punt them, pin them deep, and see if you could get your offense better field position because you trust your elite defense. But they decided to go for the field goal. It was wide left. It was on that left hash anyhow, so um, didn't really come close. Um, Really sucks how you could answer with points there, but like you said, went back and forth, got got some – Got some stops here and there, but offense just could not get it going, whether it was a run game or false starts on Coffle that stalled one. Um, then they come back and they answer with another field goal to make it 13-7. Um, then we were able to get back on the board and make it a 13-10 ball game. Really, it was uh, a pass for Isaiah for 17 to make that drive go. Um then we got a five-yarder from Nick up the middle. Aiden Quinn got a big gain um, to make it 13-10. So a lot of plays that happened throughout this half, but just not a lot of momentum either way. No, and even on that, after they we had them settle for another field goal, we had a play or we had a drive that did nothing, and we thought, honestly, the game was going to be over at that point. Nick had back-to-back sacks, second and eight for 11 yards, and then on third and 19, sacked for another seven. Um, and then we punted, which is a 46-yarder, but luckily they muffed it. Jaden Price in North Dakota State muffed this punt. We recovered it. Jameer Khan came up with the ball, so we're like, okay, life. Let's go score a touchdown. Take a lead before half, knowing that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time left on the clock. But, of course, you know, we stall and – Besides that Isaiah 17-yard play, it wasn't a whole lot of anything. A couple of incomplete passes lodged between that Nick run that you said. And we had to settle, but we're like, okay, that's fine. You know, we get the ball out of half, no big deal. Let's just – we'll get any points we need. But, of course, you wanted seven after that muff punt that your special teams came through for. So then no other second half comes. And we're thinking, you know, just I just remember tweeting how, you know, everything's fine. You just got to touch up some things, just – Bank on everything, but you had to get anything out of points out of this next drive. And, of course, that's exactly what we did not do. The first run was a negative negative play. Then Nick hit row for six yards. So we're facing third and five here. And, Noah, just a blasphemy kind of, you know, decision here because this is ultimately what swung the game, and they never actually looked back. And it was a run play to row Elliott just up the middle on third and five. Typical handoff gets, you know, two yards. Now we're fourth and three at our own 32 and we have to punt 38 yards. Noah, that clearly swung everything. And it was, it was everything we've talked about recently of the timing of certain play calls, what you do, you know, we'll talk a lot at the end of the season about what specifically the offense, but touching on some stuff. Now we talked about how passing wise, you know, we're a good play calling team when it comes to certain passes. It's all about execution, and that's on the quarterback. But then Nick Hill is not a very good run run play caller because not only is it because we have a decent O-line at times. We know the holes can be there, but, of course, when, you're, when they're struggling, you don't do it, let alone Noah on third and five at your own 30 whenever you would think just run sticks, anything. Vincent Davis had a stick first drive of the game. Just do anything like that to get the first – but you try to run whenever you can't in this whole game. We'll dive into the stats at the end of the game. You told me before it was awful. Noah, that was honestly a, a poor decision, beyond poor decision, because, again, that's the only thing we'll really talk about at the end of this game because that was all she wrote. We ended up getting blown out. Your thoughts on that play 
it seemed criminal in the moment, and it still seems like that now. Yeah, not only do you run, you call a run play, but it's right after you lose on the play before you lose Derek Harden, and he has to come out. So you lose one of your better offensive linemen to run behind, and you get stuffed. And it's just we see a lot of sometimes on third down where they space them out and they show a pass look, and and it's a, maybe a draw with Nick Baker, but it's just the run game was not there, and they did a good job of defending it and. It was just a questionable play call when you got the ball at a half and you had momentum, you could go down and take a lead. But it just the the run scheme has not been there this year and has not been a very good job of this line. Uh, unfortunate, but it's just from then and there they took control of the game and our defense was just on the field way too much in that second half to be able to try to get stops and they were just gushing us. Just on the field too much, our offensive line and our offense can never get into those drives like other teams we have struggles against because put our defense in way too many tough situations to get stops. Obviously, a lot of them defense, they were third and long as they could have got, got off the field, but did not get it done. No, and again, it just, it just doesn't make sense because you knew if you gave it back to them knowing – how hard your defense worked and they had a whole half here, but then you just, you kind of just give up. That's what it's, what it seemed like. And that's clearly not what they were intending. You know, you trust your defense. You're not going to go for it here deep in your own territory, but again, it's just the play call on third down. If you get fourth and one, we know we've tried to sneak it lately. It hasn't been working with six foot center and five, eight quarterback, but again, that clearly swung it. Cause then again, they didn't look back. They just distorted us after that. And for a defense that, you know, can only do so much, you know, if, especially if they're struggling at the start, you need to pick them up because how much picking up as a defense done for the offense and offense was doing that at first, they were scoring with them and there was a three point game at half. And then, and then it just, like I said, it was a tail of two halves for sure. And it started with that horrible play call. So again, they blew us out at the end. No mention, no need to mention anything else. Really Hunter Simmons came into the game, struggled a little bit. You kind of expect these kind of things, but uh, lost 34 to 10 in the process. I mean, Nick only threw it 17 times. How many times have we needed to say, you need to throw it 30 to 40 times at this point of the season. That's literally what it takes. And, of course, he was getting sacked galore, like typical, but 12 of 17, 117 or 114 yards, just just throw it more. And quit relying on the run because, Noah, that led us to 26 for 55 on the ground, two yards a carry, led by Rowe, 10 of 25. Justin actually did fine. Maybe you, you get him a little bit more involved. We saw Jalen Benefield. He's been hurt. haven't barely saw him all season for the latter part of the season at least. But, again, you should have threw it more. Isaiah had a nice game. Other than that, though, Noah, I mean, at least Alan, Alan Middleton got another catch in this game. That's, I guess, a positive. But um, just just ridiculous. Again, you you kind of just – you kind of gave up there in the second half and it led to just the fact that you should have done more because then it got away from it. And it did exactly what we didn't want to have happen, a blowout. You needed to keep this game close to fully help your case. Uh, we did not sack them in this game. We know that Camilla likes to get out and about. We know our pass rush besides against the bad teams hasn't really been up to a lot of things recently. Uh, there was points in this game, Devin Cowan was getting flagged and a lot of stuff. We've been disappointed in him in the last couple of weeks. He'll still get his fair share of sacks, but he, he disappointed they actually took him out for a while for Dewey green. Other than that defense was, was, you know, fine. Branson led us in tackles with nine total. Bad right behind him, of course. Tackle for loss. We actually had a decent amount of tackles for loss. A lot of halves in here, but overall, just a 
typical game with not a whole lot to do because your defense broke down because they couldn't count on our offense to help them out one bit. No, I don't know if there's really much more to talk about from this game. It was just, again, one of those that you needed and you faltered and you're just, of course, we'll talk into just tidbits from Nick's press about the confidence for this team. It's like they should have even played this game if they knew they were going to be confident. No, your final thoughts on this game. Yeah, just another another game where it's it's one of those where you need to take that next step as a program to beat some of these teams, and they fail to do it again and to cement your playoff spot and to show that um, you're ready to take that next step as a program to beat one of these teams to go where we've never won before and do it. But offense does it again where our, our defense is – I mean – they ended up giving up 34 in that second half, 14 in that fourth quarter, just on the field way too much. Offense fails, 4 of 13 on third down again, just 0 of 1 on that fourth down. Just You got to see Hunter Simmons in the second half. Three at, at times, three O-linemen went down. Jake Green, he, he went down, came back in, gave up a sack on a big play. Immediately, Derek Harden went out and torn this game. Uh, Chase Evans went out towards the end of this game. We already talked about Barola not dressing, being just on the sideline. But um, got to say, just like if I were dog of the game, I, I love what I saw out of Cam Bowdry plugging up that run, played his butt off. But they end up our top – one of our top five rushing defense ends up giving up uh, 217 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Um, just end up – I don't know what – time of possession ended up but 38 to 21 is just your defense being on that 20 of that was in the second half so your defense being on the field that much I mean they could have got off the field they were 7 of 12 on third down so but a lot of some of those were third and longs but um, it's just one of those you just gotta move on because you got a big one and you gotta win playoffs like Nick Hill said his pressure playoffs start this week for them and they got to win to get in. Exactly. And, again, it's a position we really didn't want to be in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, third and long, again, is the only bugaboo with the Stevens. Like we said, a lot of long passes they allowed. I'm glad you mentioned the injuries. We did see three offensive linemen get hurt, as you said. Derek Harden came out. Uh, we saw Aiden Logan come in. Um, but after that, it was in, of course, when Chase goes down, that's not the best. We know, you know, we're thinking those guys will be able to play. We know that it'll take a lot for a lot of these guys to not play on senior day regardless. So, um, again, yeah, just there was actually something here that – and, oh, actually, you mentioned the – yeah, 206 total yards from us. They actually were penalized more than we were. You mentioned the time of possession. Um, but, yeah, 4 of 13, it just continues to be I, – I can't wait to look at the stats at the end of the year. See, we were literally bottom 10 in the F, FCS on third down with them 7 and 10. I, and even – it wasn't on the fourth down play. We know what happened there. But uh, we tried one of those things where Nick would fake to the sideline and our running back would catch the snap, but we didn't get much on a play like that. I just remember seeing. So, yes, a disappointing one, no doubt about it. No, there was a picture that you actually sent me over – I think it was on Saturday – about just red zone offense. And it was a thing that ESPN plus had on there. They totally botched the pictures for the teams on here, but obviously the team we were playing at the time, North Dakota state, 97% in red zone offense. We know South Dakota state actually a little bit behind them at 93 and some other teams, but we were on here at 92% 
And that just made me think when you sent it, aside from the crappy pictures that were on there, was just the fact that, um, you know, once we get in there, we usually score or do something. That's the motive of the, the, the whole point of that. But we can't even get downfield because we're getting sacked and we're behind the sticks and we're not even doing anything. So that's, again, if, if you just don't take sats and get downfield, you usually can score in the red zone. But we just get in positions on the field where we just cannot, just cannot do it. So that's touching up a lot of this game. The only NFL solution that did anything this week, Ryan had three tackles, no, against your Titans. The Buccaneers did get the win. He's the only one. Michael play got a false start, didn't catch anything. Craig James hasn't done anything in a while. Noah, quickly here, dive through the FCS and Missouri Valley games. We'll dive into the standings. I'll quickly go through some rankings, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, there was um, a lot of fun games this weekend. Uh, got to see a couple of them. Um, got to watch a little bit. I mean, South Dakota State going on the road and beating Youngstown 34 nothing's huge. Uh, Illinois State blows out Murray State. Indiana State, our opponent this week, wins the battle of the winless teams, 27-6 over Western. And a really good game, South Dakota beats North Dakota 14-10. That's a really good game that puts South Dakota in and puts North Dakota really on the bubble then Missouri State in an upset over UNI, 35-16. Yeah, the, pretty sure North Dakota had a had a 10-0 lead. I want to say South Dakota scored two straight and then ended up winning. UNI losing that game will haunt them, and that was actually massive for us because we beat Missouri State. They just won that game, so that's huge for us. In terms of there were some other big games on the FCS, but we'll talk more about, obviously, with this final uh, with this very final week to go for some games. Uh, you know, obviously rankings wise, just in terms of weekly rankings that we were, we were in some, a lot of like uh, Craig Haley has us at 14, which we'll sneak peek. I guess we'll talk more on the next episode. We'll have that It'll be a little bit longer talking about other things, but he didn't have us in his bracket projection. Uh, a couple of the people did have us in there, but other than that, uh, a lot of people like Stan Beckton still had us in, but rankings wise, Joe DeLeon had us at 17 and a couple other things. And the uh, AFCA had us tied for 20 with Central Arkansas. Um, so, again, we're, we're kind of doing what we're, what's expected when you lose like you do and you're kind of faltering down the rankings a little bit more. So, as we know, the uh, standings in the Valley, uh, South Dakota State is 7-0. They're touching up. South Dakota right behind them, though. They did get smacked by the Jackrabbits. You and I at 5-2. and two. It's crazy how they're on the bubble potentially, and they have, they're really good in this Missouri Valley we are the us in Missouri State three and four, and then there's three or four, four and three teams. So again, we've just faltered and crumbled in this conference overall. Again, we'll talk about more things, uh, you know, playoff related and some other things on the next episode. We'll just get out of here. Just talking about this game and some other stuff. Noah, your final thoughts in this episode? Yep, got a big week ahead. Uh get back and fix some things for a big, obviously it's going to be an emotional senior day with a lot of guys that could be playing their last game. Um, but got to submit your place in the playoffs. If you want to, if you want to continue playing, there's a chance Nick, uh, Luke Martin did mention in his uh, interview with Deontay Cox on the royalty podcast that, we did put a bid in for the home game, so that's potential. This may not be the last home game, but talk about more on that episode. Obviously, another frustrating loss with the offense not showing up and putting the defense in a tough situation. 
Yeah, we'll talk more about even Nick's comments on his confidence from his press. So we'll talk about that with our thoughts on Friday. Whenever we do preview the Sycamores in that Senior Day episode, it's an important one for multiple of reasons. But until then, my name's Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you then. Go dogs.